What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into episode number 35, where we are less than a month away from week zero of the college football season starting and about 33 days away from MSU football and 34 days away from Michigan football starting. So we're getting closer. We're only about four weeks out. It's getting really exciting. As we get closer, the more I'll be talking about college football, and it's a fun time. But this episode, I will be focusing on a few different sports, mainly baseball, college basketball recruiting, and the Lions. So let's get into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is the Detroit Tigers, those Tigers. So the reason why I want to talk about it is because we're getting to a point of where the trade deadline is coming up, and it's getting to a point of where the Tigers are going to have to make some moves. Now, what these moves are are not known yet, but I would be shocked if there was a few players that were not traded. A couple of those players I could see traded is Michael Fulmer, Gregory Soto, maybe Alex Lang, maybe Lang. I don't know. He's been really good. I would try to hold on to him if I was the Tigers, but we're getting to a point of the season where I think the Tigers might have to be on another rebuild. And for a lot of Tigers fans, they're upset about that, especially because Alavila is having the opportunity to, again, see over a team where he can make trades for really good bullpen pitchers. And a lot of people are upset about that. And it's completely understandable. I think that you should be upset. This is the one area the Tigers have never been really good at. If you look back at when the Tigers were really good, early 2010s, like 2012, 2013, that little stretch where they were probably one of the best, if not the best team in the MLB. They had starting pitchers in Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Doug Fister, David Price. They had players like Prince Fielder, a healthy Miguel Cabrera. They had a ton of talent. They just could never get the bullpen right. Or they won their series too fast, and they got really cold and lost the World Series by getting swept. One of those two things. But it was mainly because the bullpen was never good. And what's kind of sad is, If you look at what the Tigers used to be good at and you look at what the Tigers are good at now, they're complete opposites. The Tigers' bullpen now is probably one of the best bullpens they've had in a while. And I think that has a lot to do with Chris Fetter doing a really good job as a pitching coach. But at the same time, you got some guys. You got three or four guys that you could put in anywhere in someone's bullpen and they'll shut it down. Michael Fulmer. A few years ago, he was 
considered maybe one of the up-and-coming stars of the MLB. He was dominant for a year. And people were saying, oh, don't trade him, don't trade him. Then he got hurt. And now he's finally finding a way in the bullpen. And I'm super happy for him because he is one of the nicest people I've heard. And he loves the city of Detroit. And I'm happy that he found his stay in the bullpen. Now, do I think he'll ever be a star again? No, absolutely not. But he's a very good bullpen piece. And it's sad to say that he probably deserves to be traded at this point. You don't want to trade him just because he's that kind of guy in the dugout that you want him to be around. But it's getting to a point of his value will not be much higher than this. If you want a really good piece to quote-unquote restart a rebuild, you've got to trade Michael Fulmer. And another example, Gregory Soto. Yes, there's a lot of people that are very upset or think Gregory Soto is wild, and he is. But he has the capability of being one of the best closers in the game. He has that elite of stuff. When he's on, he shuts the door. There's no one even touching him. Now, the main thing is he isn't on a whole lot of times, and he always seems like he's hitting a batter or walking a batter. He always makes things interesting in in the ninth inning, but if you look at his stats, more than not, he shuts the door. When the Tigers get into the ninth inning up, which isn't very often, Gregory Soto does his job. Now, Lang can and I think should be the future closer because his stuff is elite, but losing players like Michael Fulmer and Gregory Soto will severely hurt this bullpen. Now, I know some people say, oh, you can replace bullpen pitchers, and yes, you can. You can find good bullpen pieces, but again, let's go back to the 2011, 2012, 2013 teams. They were elite in every position other than the bullpen. And yes, maybe you can argue that they lost the World Series because they won too fast in the ALCS. But at the same time, they did not have a good bullpen. And that's just always been a problem. Now, I want to talk one other thing about the Detroit Tigers. And I know this is a pretty old stat. But if this doesn't prove how bad the Tigers' season have been, I don't know what would. But So the Tigers have two position players, Cody Clemens and Harold Castro. They have both combined for more pitching appearances than Casey Mize and Matt Manning this year. Two position players have combined more than two stars. Now, I do know Casey Mize got hurt, and Matt Manning didn't get hurt as well. But at the same time, any respectable team should not be having position players pitching for them. The only time you have position players pitching for you is either you're getting destroyed or you're destroying the other team. And guess what? It's not the second option. Tigers have been getting destroyed in a lot of games. Now, it's not as bad as the Blue Jays versus the Red Sox, but they've been getting destroyed in 
a decent amount of games. Now, lately, they've been a lot more competitive. They lost today 41, but it has to do with they, the light, Tigers having like three or four errors, I believe. Javier Baez having two of them himself. And we can go into detail of Javier Baez's contract and how he's been really, really bad this year. But I won't go into detail about that because there's been enough people talking about that already. But there's one other thing I really want to talk about, and that is injuries. And yes, I know that you can maybe make an excuse for how bad they've been with injuries, but at the same time, there's zero excuse. Because these injuries have been on the pitching staff, not on the offense. The issue has been the offense as a whole, not the pitching staff. The pitching staff has done a very good job of keeping the Tigers in these games. If it wasn't for the bullpen and these pitchers, the Tigers would be much worse than they already are. But let's go over this. And this was back a week ago. But um, the starting pitcher, number one, was supposed to be Erod. Um, turns out he's actually been found now. So that's good. But he's not going to be back until late August, early September. So, you know what? I'm glad that he was found. So we at least know where he is. That's always a positive sign that your number one rotation pitcher was actually found after not talking to the club for, seems like, forever. But yeah, so that's positive, right? Number two, Mize, he's on the IL with Tommy John. Number three, Scooble, he's healthy. He's been better recently. Manning, he's on the IL for Soldier. Alexander, I believe, is back now. Hutchinson. He's actually done pretty well for pitching lately. Um, Pineda, he's on the IL with a finger. Risky, IL with forearm. Fajardo, IL with a hip. Peralta, IL hamstring. Wentz, IL shoulder. Elvin Rodriguez is healthy. Ronnie's IL shoulder. And Garrett Hill is healthy. So if you go through that, that's 14 pitches right there. And probably... I think nine of them is on the aisle at that time. That's not good. And I know some people might say, oh, it's because of bad luck. Well, nine pitchers, that's more than bad luck. There's issues going on there. But yeah, that's kind of really it with the Tigers. Tigers are still not very good. Robbie Grossman hasn't done well at all. Avi Baez hasn't done well. Kill Badu hasn't done be- well. Riley Green has been one of the brighter spots. Yeah, the, I was wrong before I started the season. I think a lot of people are very wrong about this Tigers team. And pieces are going to get traded, and I'm going to cover them. When they get traded, I'm going to let you know my thoughts when it happens. But yeah, let's going to be really the negative aspects of this podcast because there's some very good things that have been occurring around the state of Michigan and one of them is the Detroit Lions and how people are buying in or quote-unquote drinking the Kool-Aid and one proof is that the Lions practice yesterday had about 2,500 people which 
is the largest at the Allen Park facility since 2014. That just shows you how much people are buying into this line. See, man, I know some people might say, yeah, that's very dangerous and it is completely dangerous because it is the Detroit Lions. But I think Dan Campbell is different. And the reason why I believe that is because Dan Campbell wants to get rid of the whole saying the same old lines. And I know that's going to be extremely difficult because it is the same old lines, right? These are guys that have not been very good for a long time. This is an organization that's been made fun of for the longest time. It was the Lions and the Browns. For a few years, it wasn't really the Browns because the Browns got a little better, but I think the Browns are kind of getting back to being the Browns again, at least right now. But at the same time, the Lions have a lot of very bright pieces. And a lot of young pieces as well. This team was one of the youngest teams last year. And guess what? They're a year older. Now, does that mean they'll be better? I don't know. Typically, when you're a year older and more experienced, yes, you will be better. I think the Lions will be better this year. Now, does that mean they'll be a playoff team? No. I actually saw one prediction that someone had... um, as their hat take getting a wild card spot, and that would be huge for Dan Campbell. But I think there's hope. I think there's actually hope and buy-in from the people, and I think it has a lot to do with what Dan Campbell has been saying and what Brad Holmes has been doing. They've been doing very good things for the organization, and it also helps when hard knocks is covering your team as well. It gets you a lot more excited about a team. But if you look at what the Lions have done this offseason, there's things to be really excited about. They've for sure up the offensive line. The offensive line should be a top 10, maybe like a top like 7 offensive line in the NFL, maybe even a top 5. They added pieces to the wide receiving core, which it went from probably one of the worst wide receiving cores to a really solid to good wide receiving core, depending on what Jamison Williams does. TJ Hawkinson, I think, is going to have a much better year, especially having other weapons around him. DeAndre Swift, I think, is going to be very fun to watch. Dan Campbell talked about how DeAndre Swift kind of reminds him of Alvin Kamara, at least use him how the Saints use Elvin Kamara, which I think is very fascinating in itself. The offense is going to be fun. It's going to be better. Now, the main question is about the defense. They added a lot of pieces on their defense. They got Aiden Hutchinson with a second overall pick. They got Jeff Okuda back healthy. I hope he's very good. He's been praised by the defensive staff, especially Audrey Pleasant, which is the corner slash safety coach. I think this line team will be better, especially in a league where it's not a very stacked league. You got the Bears that are in a rebuild. You got the Packers that have lost Devontae Adams. Now, they still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have a very good defense. They have Christian Watson replacing him, a very good 
rookie wide receiver that I was very high on. If you listen to the draft coverage before the draft occurred, they have, I think, Tunyon's back, I believe. They have Aaron Jones. They have some very good pieces. The Vikings, they have Delvin Cook. They have Adam Thielen. They have Jefferson. They have Cousins. Their defense got better, at least their secondary. They kind of focused on that. Their secondary last year was absolutely horrible. So it's not a very like hard division compared to other divisions like the AFC West. But they still have to go through Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. Can they do that? We'll have to see. But I am extremely excited. I am hopeful for the Lions. Could be wrong. Again, like a lot of people are wrong with the Tigers. Now, I do say tamper your expectations. I'm not saying a playoff team. I'm just saying improvement. And I think it's not going to be very hard to improve from last year. I think this team is going to get seven, eight wins. I think if they're on 500, I think that's a very good step. They have capital for the future if they want to go get their quote-unquote future quarterback. If they think it's Jared Goff, if Jared Goff performs very well, then they can. If Jared Goff does not perform very well this year, then they can move off of him and then move up in the draft and try to get a future quarterback because they have two first-round picks and they have a ton of capital to do so. So the future is bright for the Lions and the crowd showing up to training camp really shows that. So the last thing I really want to talk about is college sports. And no, it's actually not football. And I know football is coming up. I want to talk about the state of Michigan and basketball, especially recruiting, because I think one of the best rivalries in basketball will be MSU and Michigan. And I think it is now, but I think it will continue to get better. And I think it's starting to rise up the ranks on like the best rivalries in college basketball. Now, I know some people will always say Duke, North Carolina will be one. And yeah, you can make a point in saying that, and they probably always will. But the way things are moving between MSU and Michigan in basketball and even in football, things are starting to get really fun in the state. Like, I think both teams will be very good for a very long time in football and basketball. Like, these teams will be competing for a Big Ten championship year in and year out, the way these teams are headed, especially with basketball. I really want to start with Michigan basketball because one of the things that Juwan Howard does a very good job in is recruiting. He has always been known for a recruiter, and that was never really an issue coming in to Michigan. His issue was, could he be a head coach? Could he make changes in a game? Could he execute? Could he win Big Ten championships? Could he go far in March? And the answer to those questions are, yeah, he can do those. Now, his recruiting has been 
incredible as of late. Um, this past weekend, Michigan actually held two highly ranked recruits for an official visit. Their first recruit is Zayden High. He's the 35th player in the nation. He's a four-star, and he's getting looked at by like Arkansas, Alabama, Arizona State, Houston, Michigan, of course, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Villanova. He's getting looked at by some very highly ranked teams, and he's a power forward. He's 6'9 from Compass Prep. He's a very good athletic player. He's actually the number two player in Arizona, the number eight power forward in the country. The other recruit that MSU is looking at is actually the ninth overall recruit in the country. He's a five-star, and that is Isaiah Callier. He's the number two point guard in the country, number one in Georgia. The main team's really focusing on Isaiah Collier, his UCLA, Cincinnati, and Alabama. This would be an absolutely huge get for the University of Michigan. I think if they end up getting Isaiah Callier, that would make this Michigan team very fun to watch, especially at the point guard and shooting guard positions. Now, the main thing is what we'll do at the center position. Now, that fully depends on what Hunter Dickinson does in the future, but really seems like Howard is really focusing on trying to get the guard position set and then go get a, go get a center. I think, if I had to guess, Michigan does land Isaiah Callier, that, which would be a huge get for Michigan. Michigan, I believe, had one of the best recruiting classes in, um, in this past offseason. So yeah, Michigan's doing extremely well on the recruiting trail. I think Michigan will be fun again to watch this next season, especially with Hunter Dickinson coming back. Now I think shooting will still be a question mark for Michigan, but I think Michigan will be one of the top five teams in the Big Ten this next season, especially with Hunter Dickinson coming back. Now, before I wrap this up, I want to talk about Michigan State basketball recruiting, and I want to address a few things. Number one, if you questioned Tom Izzo as of recent, especially with his recruiting aspect of things, I think yesterday proved you wrong. And before doing this podcast, I listened to a Twitter live with um, DK and Justin Thind on Twitter. If you're on Twitter and you follow MSU basketball or MSU as a whole, you know Justin Thind. If you follow MSU basketball, you know DK. And DK really focuses on basketball. And they were talking about recruiting and how huge yesterday was and the huge news is that MSU lands top recruit in the country or at least top three recruit in the country in five star Xavier Booker. This is I believe Tom is a second best recruit ever for MSU. A lot of people were questioning Tom Izzo's recruiting as of lately 
especially after this past offseason. A lot of people were very upset at him. But I think this has always been Tom Izzo's plan. And I kind of want to explain that. I think Tom Izzo knew that what he had coming was his chance to win a national championship. And I'm not saying he didn't make any moves this offseason because he doesn't want to win one. He does want to win one. I'm saying he made he didn't make the moves this offseason because he knew his time. He knew that in order to win his second national championship, probably best to not bring in a transfer. And I know a lot of people might be upset at that, but let me explain. Let me explain that, let's say Tom Izzo brings in a few transfers. And they take playing time from Pierre Brooks. They take a little playing time from Jane Aikens. They take a little playing time from Jackson Kohler. From Trey Halliman. They take some of these playing time. And they're here for one year. I think what Izzo realized is that his window isn't this coming year. Now, if it ends up being and they end up going on a run in like March and they were missing one piece at the end, I think a lot of people, including myself, would have been like, if we would have just got that one move, we would have been a national champion. Now, this is way too early on to be talking about national champions because basketball season hasn't started. And this MSU team can really surprise some people. I think this could be one of those Izzo teams that didn't have a lot of expectations going into the season and ends up doing very well. I think they're still a top five team in the Big Ten. The Big Ten isn't as good as they have been in the past, at least depth-wise. I think Michigan and Michigan State will both be fighting for a Big Ten championship. But I think Izzo had a plan. And while you might not like the plan, this is my thoughts. I think Izzo knew that this year was a very important year. And a lot of people have complained in the past about Izzo not using players more. Like having too much of a rotation. That's not going to be an issue this year. They're going to have a rotation of eight players, maybe, depending on foul trouble and injury, maybe a little bit more. Rotation is not going to be an issue. He's pushing these guys for next year. He's hoping that players like Jayden Aikens takes another step. A.J. Hogarth takes another step. Jackson Kohler takes a step his first year. Maya Soko takes a step as a junior. Joey Hauser contributes. Malik Hall contributes. Also, Joey Hauser, Malik Hall, and Tyson Walker can all come back after this year. Now, do I think that will happen? No. But it's a possibility. I think the way that things are ending up at MSU and Michigan is that both teams are looking towards the future. And I know you might say, yeah, that's everyone's plan. But I think for the best of both teams, I think they're looking for that 2023-2024 season to go on a run. Now, 
this year, it'll be interesting to see what, how both teams do. I think both teams are going to be a very good year. But as I'm saying right now, I think 2023-2024 is probably going to be one of the most electric years for basketball. Now that's like a, over a year away. And as you get closer, it could change completely. But with how recruiting is going for Michigan State and Michigan basketball, I think it's going to be very exciting to watch because they're getting some of the best talent in the country coming to this state. So, yeah, that's kind of the wrap of this episode. I talked about the Tigers and the trade deadline a little bit. I talked about the Lions and how people are hopeful about the Lions, how they're excited, how people are showing up and watching, how they're supporting Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. Then I talk a little bit about basketball recruiting, which is later down the road for a while. But remember, football is almost here. And that means that as the weeks go by, we'll be back sitting down watching college football on Saturdays all day long. And then NFL starts on Sundays. So it's getting really excited. There's going to be a lot more information out there. It might be a little bit more episodes. Recently, I've just done two a week. It's kind of been hard. There's not been a whole lot of news. But yeah, I hope you continue to support this podcast. Let people know, family and friends, spread the word about this podcast. I think it'll get more exciting and... More news will come out as the season gets closer. I'll be talking about MSU and Michigan football. But yeah, thank you again for tuning in to episode number 35, and I hope you have a great day.